listening to the Living Room North Living Room North Living Room North podcast. Hey, uh, like I said earlier, you're going to hear from uh, Joey in just a second. And so for the next 20 minutes, uh, he's going to share a little bit of his life story. Uh, obviously, you can't fit uh, 20 plus years of life in 20 minutes, uh, hence the reason why we're calling this long story short. He- here's what I'd love for you to do. Uh, Joey is not a perfect human being. Um, yes, he's fun. Yes, he's lovable. Uh, yes, he's intelligent. Um, and yes, he has flaws. And uh and he's going to share a lot of those um, with us tonight. Um, here's what we would ask. Um, pay attention uh, to what he has to say. But also, we're going to put a number on the screen. And uh, feel free that anything that you hear him say, you're like, man, I would love to ask him more about that. At the very end of his, uh, his talk, uh, Joey and I are going to come up here and, and, and go through those types of questions. You need to know, like, hey, there's a lot of people in the room. We're probably not going to get to all the questions. And so we'll kind of cherry pick the few. Um, so here's the deal. On the screen, Kyle's put that up there. So that's going to be up there uh, throughout uh, his talk. So 206-339-9731 and just write that question. Okay. All right. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, please put your hands together for Mr. Joey Christofinelli. Oh, let me get this chair down. Hey, I love you too. I don't know who that was, but I love you. Who was it? All right. Oh, hey, what's up, man? Good to see you. Hey guys, how's it going? How's it going? Hi. Hi. Hello. Hi. Um, yeah, I'm Joey. If we've never met before, I'm sorry about that. Uh, but honestly, it might be the best because I'll probably talk your ear off. Um, I am typically the greeter out front, saying hi to people, trying to be energetic and stuff. And, and you know, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. But I have a great time here. This is like my family. This is my place. TLR is one of my favorite p- places to be. Um, But if you don't know me, if you're brand new, I'm going to be completely honest with you. I totally understand if you're already checked out because I'm just some random person telling you my life story and this feels weird, especially if we've never talked before. So in order to kind of give you something, I'm going to give you a gift. So when you leave tonight, if you're like, that was the most boring thing in the entire world, I just wasted so many minutes of my life uh, hearing this random dude talk about his life. Uh, at least I got this. So I would like to introduce you to young Joey, uh, baby Joey. That is me down in the corner, standing there with hair. Man, with hair. Um, But that's my family. That's my mom and my dad. And that's my younger brother, John. I know I glowed down. It's not fair. I made really questionable fashion decisions in middle school and high school, but I was killing it there. And that's what matters, baby Joey. So if you leave tonight and you're like, this was a waste of my time, at least you got to see a cute picture of a kid. So take that for what it's worth. You're welcome. Uh, but anyway, uh, I grew up in a super average white middle-class American family. Yeah, like, well, you know, white picket fence. We had a, a big yard and we had a creek in the front yard. And I would go outside to play for like, I don't know, 30 minutes and then realize that I'm sweaty and I smell disgusting and I'm gonna go back inside and let my brother do that. And so then I would, I would piece back inside, hang out with my mom because that's where I was more comfortable. Yes, I'm a nerd, sorry. I wish I, was, I wish I had the athletic ability in my family, I don't. But that's okay, you know, I'm very comfortable about who I am now and that's what matters. But here's me at age 12, somewhere there I am, there I am. If you ever wondered what I looked like with hair, that's about as close as you're gonna get. It's a beautiful thing. Uh, but I wanted to show you this picture. 
Also, because I found this on Facebook like two days ago because I was trying to find pictures in order to, you know, help this along. And it was a Facebook post from my mom uh, for my 12th birthday. And she said, you know, all this nice stuff about my 12th birthday, blah, 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 birthday, birthday, birthday. But then my mom decided to sneak a diss in for me as a 12-year-old, okay? Because she decided to say, and I don't have a quote or anything, but I tried my best to memorize it. It was, uh, let, me, let me think, it was, it all began with labor, but now that I have children, I realize that the labor never ends. And that's brutal. I can't, I don't have a Facebook. I'm 12. This is not fair. My mom was sneak dissing me on Facebook uh, years ago before it was cool. And that's not okay. That is not okay, mom. I do not appreciate it. And I was an adorable child. I will stick by that to this day. But uh, this, was, this was me. This was me in my childhood. You know, we hung out and had a great time. Uh, but to be honest with you, I, I feel like ever since I was about that age, that, that age, I really felt this overwhelming sense of pressure in my life and this overwhelming sense of, I have to show up and I have to be great. And if I'm not great, then people won't like me. Or if people don't like me, I'm not great. And I, I have to figure this out and I have to be great or else I'm a disappointment to everyone around me. And I've let my family down and I've let my friends down. Uh, so even from an early age, I grew up in a very like Christian household, like Southern gospel, amen, hallelujah kind of household. And really, I, my, my family was weird because I don't know if when, when you were growing up, when, most of the time I feel like kids say like, yeah, my parents want me to be a doctor or a lawyer or a big businessman, be successful. But my family was never really that. They were like, you gotta be a pastor or an evangelist or like a great worship leader because that's what matters, Jesus. And I felt that overwhelming sense of pressure and uh, I guess a sense of, dread almost that like, I, I have to show up. And if I don't show up, then I've let my family down. And, and so really that followed me all the way until high school. And that's my life, you know, I, I kept up the charade. I, I played my part. I got really, really good at hiding in plain sight, like showing everyone the side of me that I knew they'd like, at showing everyone a character, you know, making people laugh, making them feel good. And I've done my job. They like me, cool, move on. You know, I, I never really let anyone in and I created this facade, honestly, in my life that uh, I, it destroyed me because I, I kept feeling alone and like I didn't matter still because I was giving, some, giving, giving people a fake version of myself, really. Um, and, and that all kind of got shaken up in high school for me. Uh, so... In between eighth grade and ninth grade in high school, I went to this yearly Christian camp. I don't know if, if you grew up Christian, you probably have a similar experience, or maybe if you've been on a mission trip or something, you kind of come back with this thing that like, I was trying to think of how to describe it. And I, <laughs> it's sketchy, but I, I like it. And I, I'm calling it a God high. It's all I can think about where like you come back from like camp or a mission trip and you're like, I'm gonna be the best Christian ever. I'm about to change this world for Jesus. I just became a spiritual warrior and now I'm gonna destroy Satan. Come here. Yeah, you know, like you just become like this incredible Christian because of a week spent serving other people. And I'm coming back from this on like this mega awesome God high, I'm gonna change the world. You know, and this is, 
this is eighth grade, ninth grade Joey. So like, it's not, it's that guy, all right? He's not, <laughs> that's not a world changer yet, okay? He's not there, he's not ready. But I come back and my mom picks us up in her minivan because again, we're an average white middle-class family. So we have a minivan. And so we jump in the minivan and we're hanging out with my mom and I miss her so much. And I, my mom driving us home, we live like five minutes away from the church. Um, and I look over and my mom has a hospital bracelet on. And I was like, oh shoot, mom, is everyone okay? Did someone, what's going on? And, and the only response my mom would give me in the van was, we'll talk about it when we get home. Just don't, don't worry about it. We're all good. We'll talk about it when we get home. And I am a smart aleck. I am a complete and utter know-it-all, probably still. I hate to admit it, but I probably am still. Uh, if you know me, you're probably nodding your head and I would, don't appreciate it, okay? No, I see you back there. Stop it. Just stop nodding your head, Drayden. Dang it. <laughs> but I was a smart aleck and I, I, as a kid, I hated that. I was like, no, don't wait until we're home. Tell me, mom. I deserve to know I'm an adult. I'm about to enter high school. And my, my mom proceeded to wait until we got home because she's in control and I'm nothing. And she sat us down at the kitchen table and she proceeded to say that my mom uh, has been diagnosed with colon cancer, stage three. And we're going to enter a new season as a family and she's going to fight it. And I just, I, I remember all of the pressure that I had felt as like, a middle schooler and an elementary schooler of, I gotta succeed, I gotta show up, I gotta be great. It just magnified in that moment, sitting there at that table of, it was no longer, I have to show up and I have to be great and I have to make everyone like me. It was that and I have to be a mini mom. I have to show up, I have to do things while my mom is fighting this disease. I gotta show up and I gotta do the laundry, I gotta cook, I gotta learn how to do all these things. And so all of a sudden this, immense weight, I guess, was placed on me as a kid. And I remember just from my community getting a bunch of Christian cliches. Like, I don't know, like God has a plan. You'll be fine. Just, just pray more and you'll find peace. You know, like just, you know, just trust in him. Just lean on God real quick. And all that like Christian jargon. But to be honest, I it meant nothing to me because every night I would lay and I would ask God to show himself. And to be honest with you, I got nothing. I don't feel like I got anything. I was laying there freaking out and asking for something and feeling like I got nothing. And I remember at some point, someone told me that maybe it's just like, maybe it's God's plan. Maybe God wanted your mom to have cancer. And I remember that sticking with me and weighing on me as I walked through it. Um, man, there were many nights where I remember yelling to God to just take me, to just kill me now and take me away from my family because they will be happier not having this failure of a son, this complete and utter waste of time and space and that's how I felt and it was real. And it got to a point where uh, junior year of high school, I attempted suicide and 
without going into too much detail, I, I got right up to the edge and I, then I couldn't do it. And even that moment reinforced some, I guess some disappointment in myself of you don't even have the guts to pull the trigger. You don't even have, you don't have the strength. You're not strong enough. You're weak. You mean nothing. And I sat in that for years, man. And what I didn't see at the time was that God in the middle of all that was really weaving my life together and creating a story behind the scenes and creating this beautiful work of art uh, in my life. Because in my life at the time, school is miserable on a grade level, but I'm finding what I love. I find these incredible friends who start gathering around me and just loving me for who I am. I start finding really my passion in music and in, in this stage. And I, I start really loving that. It's something I still do today. Uh, and, and honestly, most importantly, in that season, I got to learn more about my mom. And I got to know not just my mom, but I got to know Kim, the woman behind the role. Uh, oftentimes, my mom couldn't leave the house because uh, she was feeling bad and she was sick. And so my mom and I would hang and we would talk. And I got to learn about who she was, what she really believed in, what she was about. And not just, oh, that's my mom. She, she's my mom, you know, whatever. She tells me to clean the house. You know, I, I got to learn about who Kim was, about what she was about. And it was in the middle of all of that pain and all of that sorrow and all of that suffering uh, and all of these emotions welling up inside of me, Honestly, it was a beautiful thing. And I can say that now. I don't think I could say it then. But my mom really was my best friend. She is everything to me. She means the world to me. Um, and cancer took a lot from my mom. It took, uh, it, it took her hair and it took her confidence. And at, at the end of her her story, her journey, it took her voice. So the last week of my mom's life, she couldn't speak. She could only lay in bed. And I remember every day going into her room and sitting down beside her and going on Spotify and playing her favorite album of hymns. And I'm a singer. And so what I would do is I would just sing to her. And in the middle of that chaos, in the middle of that, uh, I had the worst week of my life. It's, it's one of the most beautiful memories I've ha I have of her. And that is that she would hum, hum along to all of the songs and that we would still have that moment together. Um, it, it crushed me. And I don't think I've cried. I'm a crier just in general, very emotional guy. But also I don't think I've cried more than that week. So June 17th, 2015 at 10.37 p.m., I think, my mom passed away the day, the day before my 18th birthday. Um, my birthdays are weird now, let me tell you. But in the middle of that week, in the middle of that stress, there was this glimpse of beauty. It's still one of the most beautiful memories I have.
And so I'm telling you all this because I wanted to actually give you something other than just a really sad story. (laughs) And that is, I, I wanted to tell you guys what my mom tried her best to tell me. And I want you to understand that it's super cliche and it's super lame. All right, just, just throwing it out there. But I'm not gonna change it because to be honest with you, my mom told me it this way and I feel like that would be kind of wrong. So I'm gonna just share with you what my mom told me and that was find joy in the journey. And that is just really, really cliche. But as I've fallen in love more with Jesus, I feel like it's the truest thing on earth. You know, like we, at any point of our lives, but also like right now, as we're like all trying to navigate college, it's easy, it's easy for us to like get honed in on these four to eight years. I don't know how long you're in college, but for me, it's probably gonna be a decade. <laughs> but these, these four to whatever years, it's so easy for us to lose sight of the big picture of this journey that we're all on. And it's easy for us to find our worth in the degree we get or the friends we have or how good our grades are, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And so what I wanna say is that, honestly, we serve a creative, loving, incredible God. We do. He is phenomenal. And in your life, whatever you're going through, He is weaving a beautiful tapestry that is your life, that is your story. I would have never chosen to go through anything that I went through. And to be honest, I wish I could tell you from that point, my life got better. But in reality, two years ago, I attempted suicide again. I I was at the lowest emotional point I had ever been. And my life didn't get better. And the valley kept becoming more valley. And I thought that eventually it would get great, but... For a while it didn't and I couldn't navigate it well because I couldn't get my head out of the moment. And so I want each and every one of us to really focus in on that, you know, that whatever your story is, and I don't know most of your stories, whatever it is, focus on that big picture. Focus on what God is doing even when you don't feel him. Because I I could go into more details, but this is long story short, so I'm not going to. But God created such a beautiful path of redemption for me. He put me in awesome, awesome communities like the living room. And he put me around awesome leaders, incredible leaders who when I felt like nothing were able to come beside me and put their arms around me. And instead of trying to fix me, just love me. One of my favorite memories was honestly during, uh, right before the funeral, as people have, you know, the viewing for uh, the body, you hear this stupid phrase over and over again, just, hey, I'm sorry for your loss. I'm sorry for your loss. I'm so sorry. I'm sorry for your loss. It becomes deafening. But one of my favorite moments in the middle of all of that was a friend who, to be honest with you, I don't even talk to anymore. I have no idea where he's at. But in high school, he drove by himself to come to a funeral home. And he walks up to me as I'm, sit, I'm standing there just trying to put on a happy face. And he just says, hey, I'm here. And you don't have to say anything. And we don't have to do anything. But I'm here for you and I love you. And I'm going to sit right over there. And I'm just going to be here for you. And to be honest, that's the kind of people that I think we need to be, whether Christian or not, 
I think that we need to find joy within our journeys, but then also find joy in other people's journeys and be the kind of friends who are going to continue to show up and continue to go, hey, it's okay, keep going. I believe in you, I love you. Because I think, I think that in order to see or feel, feel the peace of Jesus, we need to see it in other people sometimes because that's where I was for a really long time. I couldn't feel it. I couldn't feel it. But I started to see it in other people. And that's where God started to move. And I started to see this incredible, incredible picture that he was painting with my life. Um, To be honest with you guys, I hope that my life continues to grow, but I'll probably have setbacks. You know what I mean? Like life just doesn't shoot up. But I'm super thankful because God is doing great things. And I don't know where you're at or what you're going through, but God is doing great things in your life. He is at work and he is doing amazing things. And so find that, find that, find joy in the journey. And uh, that's where I'm at, to be honest with you. That's what I'm trying to do every day. Uh, And that's kind of just my story. But uh, thanks for listening. Love you guys. Thank you for that. I'm good. Well done, brother. Oh, thanks, buddy. Great job. Thank you, man. Thank you. Hey, um, I didn't use the chair once. Yeah, I I love that. I wasn't going to comment, but since you opened the door, it's fine. It's fine. Ask Joey for tonight. Hey, what do you Uh need? He's like, I definitely need a chair. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, Listen, man, you get you get locked into the zone, and you just you said, yeah, I'll take a chair. Don't think about it. Thank you, Alyssa. Maybe I'll sit in the chair now. No, uh, it's not a maybe. You're going to. Okay. Um, Go ahead and have a seat, Uh, Joey. Yes. Thank you so much for being honest and open with your story yeah, with us. Course, and again, man. I know that's just, again, long story short. Yeah, <laughs> I try my best to condense, you know. No, it's great. Hey, uh, and uh, a lot of you, thanks for sending in uh, questions. Um, uh, Joey, I've got them right here on my phone. Okay. And uh, obviously we can't get to all the questions that you submitted, but uh, these are a few. And then uh, once we're done here, this is just uh-huh. going to be a few minutes. Uh, I'll tell you what's next. So, um, Joseph. Yes. Joseph. Uh-huh. That means. <clears throat> Uh, you talked about sometimes when, when a lot of that stuff was hitting the fan mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. that uh, Christians would just Amen. throw uh, cliches at you. Yeah. So sure. one individual said, hey, what do you wish someone would have said instead oh, of those cliches? Yeah, I, I kind of hope I touched on that a little bit later, but this idea of being present in your friends' lives and in your family's lives, like there's sometimes like, it's a person by person situation, obviously, like. I don't know the specific relationship, but if it's a friend and they're going through something, I think it is kind of, we're called to as people to step into that and not just go, hey man, I'm so sorry. Like, ah, that sucks. But instead to go, hey, how can I help? And even if they say nothing, even even if they're shut off and they're shut down to kind of work through that and to go, hey, I'm still here. I'm still reaching out. Even when you're pulling away, I'm still here for you. Instead of just like, you know, hey man, hey man, just keep, keep on fighting the fight. Heart emoji. Like <laughs> that just, I, you know what I mean? I think especially when you're, you're, you're someone who is dealing with uh, mental illness, which I, I have been and will continue to be probably, you know, uh, it, it's just, it feels fake. It just feels like, uh, you know, like, okay, cool. I'll continue to be strong, buddy. Yeah. But like, yeah, break through that. Break through that a little bit. Be intentional. There's a good word. 
be intentional about it, you know? Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully that's helpful. Totally get it. Sometimes we feel the pressure that we have to know the exact yeah. right thing to say. Yeah. And sometimes the best thing to do is just to be there, be present and exactly. listen. Exactly. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, next question. Um, because you gave us permission, mm. uh, this, oh, this starts to kind of get after some of the stuff you said. Um, this is from someone in the room, um, from oh, someone man. who also attempted suicide. What was the motivation that kept you going uh, afterwards? I'm still struggling to find some uh, kind of permanent way to motivate me. Mm, mm, what would you okay. say? Um, the first time, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's not fun to say. Um, first time, ah, that's hard because in the, in the middle of all of that, I don't know. I don't, hmm. The second time, let me, let me really hit on the second time because I think if you're someone who believes in Jesus and someone who has embraced that love, I think that that, that is where you find the strength to carry on. Even if you're not, I'd say lean into that, search more. Because for me, I think in the, in the, fir the first time, I really just, I, I think you just know that your story's not over. That, that we are not the ones to end that. And, and that's, not, I, that's not the most glamorous answer, I don't think, to be honest with you. But I think that there's a deep truth to that of I have no idea what's gonna happen next. And I feel empty and alone, but my story's not over. That there is another chapter and I just have to continue to reach out and I continue to have to try and take another step. And again, it's like, that's not pretty. There's not a bow on the answer. But if, if I was in that position again, I would seek as much help as I could. Whether that's through my friends, because that I think is really the first step, or through you know, professional counseling or through mentors in your life. Uh, reach out, talk to people, have the conversation. Don't isolate because when you do that, you start to break down more. And that, that's where I was at the time. So uh, hopefully that's helpful. Uh, I'm sorry that I can't give you a beautiful answer, but it really, it, it's not a beautiful process, to be honest with you. It's an everyday trying to figure it out and trying to re-navigate your life process. So, yeah. Um, I don't want to, I don't want to sprint by this. Uh, for those of you that, that are um, contemplating uh, mm, these yeah. thoughts, um, as Joey said, hey, please uh, make us aware. Uh, mm -hmm. Whether that's that's me or if, um, if you got a small group leader, um, they would certainly love to know um, yeah. kind of what's going on in the dark corners of your mind and your heart. So yeah. um, I don't, I know I'm kind of, I don't really need to say that, um, but you know, anxiety and depression. And mental illness, um, especially on the college campus, statistically is at an all-time high. Uh, so please um, uh, don't just keep quiet about that stuff. So, well, like, if I can be any help with my incredible lack of resources and knowledge, I would love to, you know, talk to you and have that conversation because it's important and it matters. For so, sure. Yeah, your life matters. Whoever you are, it, honestly, all of you, your life matters. Don't don't isolate. Talk. Let's have a conversation. Um, I'll follow up with that in just a second. Go last last question. So at the very end, Joey, I, I love you talked about this idea of choosing uh, joy. Yeah. Some days that's maybe easier uh, <laughs> yeah. than others. A little bit. Um, <laughs> this question I think is great. It says, what does joy in the journey look like 
in the day-to-day for you? Mm. Mm. Okay, so for me, I think joining the journey every single day, honestly, for me, starts in finding it in other people. That is where I found the most joy in the journey is when I take my view off of myself and start putting it onto others and going, hey, you are incredible. You are full of life and joy and love and you can do great things. For me, that's where I've started to find it is by, by honestly, like the, the concept of serving others. That, that's where I'm personally finding life right now through service, uh, through creation, I would also say. For me, I, I, I'm a big art guy. I, I write music. And so that's where I find my, my passion and I express myself. And I think we all need that. And I think that, like I, I think I said it earlier, like we serve a loving, creative God who designed us to create. And so I, personally, I need that in my life. And I know that now. Um, and, and I would suggest maybe for you, find a way to create as well. So creation and service are really the two areas. And also, you know, just reminding myself who God is and who he's made me to be and not who I think I am in the moment, you know? Like, I'm not, I'm not a failure. God is doing great things in my life. And I need to remind myself of that, honestly, as much as possible. So That's yeah. a great word. I'm not a failure. No, yeah. I'm not. I'm not. The negative self-talk is way. a big thing. Kennesaw State might have a different thing to say but <laughs> I am still Touché. moving forward. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> oh boy, my well, GPA does not get me into heaven. <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> that, that is tweetable uh, right there. Yeah, That's definitely man. tweet worthy. Hey, well, can we hear from Joey <laughs> one more time? Joey, thank you so much. Yeah, thank you, thank you, man. Um, thank you, thank you. Hey, right, you stay right you there. I'm, right, gonna, uh, I'm gonna sit here. I'm, I'm going to pray here. for you, pray okay. for us in a All second. Right. Hey, um, we do have a, a ton of resources here at the mm-hmm. living room that we can connect you to, uh, even a professional uh, counselor, um, psychologist, therapist. Um, we have a whole team of individuals that will listen to your story and kind of pinpoint kind of where you're at and, and steer you in the right direction. Um, so if you need help in some of those areas that Joey talked about, um, please don't waste another day and reach out. Let me know, let your small group leader know, and we can certainly put you in contact uh, with the right people. Um, hey, uh, I'm going to pray for us and Joey. And then when I say amen, I'll go ahead and tell you what we're going to do. Um, if those of you are interested in learning more about small groups and you're not plugged into one, just kind of stay uh, in here and you can have a conversation with myself and Carly. We'd love to tell you about small groups and how those work. Um, everyone else um, that are in a small group, you'll head to your small group. And because uh, this series is all about stories, uh, your small group leaders um, uh, have a little bit of a plan uh, that's related to this idea of stories. So they might be sharing their story. They might have you know, tapped one of you to share their story. They might be asking you questions related to your story. So all of it in the grand theme of trying to get to know each other a little bit better. So let me pray for Joey and us, and then we'll get out of here. Uh, Heavenly Father, thank you so much for tonight. Uh, Thank you for um, creating uh, this place uh, with us in mind. Um, Thank you, uh, Heavenly Father, that uh, we are not not far from you, um, that uh, your uh, words and your promises um, are so encouraging that uh, you say that you draw near to the brokenhearted. And I love the fact that in Joey's story that you absolutely did that um, in ways that were seen in many ways that uh, weren't. 
And I just appreciate his uh, story. He's not trying to be perfect. Um, he knows he has a long way to go, just like we all do. But I'm very thankful that he had the courage and the willingness um, just to share a little portion of uh, the journey that uh, he's been on and the story that you're continually writing. Um, God, um, we all have a story to tell. Um, there's things that we are proud of and things that we certainly regret, things that we are quick to share and quick to keep hidden. And I pray that you would continue to use uh, Joey's story um, to bring light and awareness and use this series uh, to do the same. Um, thank you, um, Jesus, uh, for your great love and affection for us and all of our unique journeys that we're on. We love you. It's in your name we pray. Amen.